Welcome to the Origins of the Hunt podcast, where we bring like-minded individuals together, share stories, strategies, and discuss everything outdoors. Thanks for tuning in, and remember, never stop learning. Welcome back, guys, to this week's episode of Origins of the Hunt podcast. The weather getting nicer out. Many of us are spending more time in the woods, whether it's scouting, uh, you know, hanging cameras or shed hunting, uh, whatever it may be, we're just finding ourselves itching to get back out and uh, stretch the legs from the winter. So, uh, you know, with that being said, we're going to start getting on the ground a lot more too with uh, turkey season around the corner, uh, bringing home some unwanted guests with us, you could say. Um, ticks. Ticks are something that give me the, the creepy crawlies whenever I'm out in the woods, that's for sure. Uh, once you find one of them on you, it just doesn't seem like you ever – you ever get that feeling to go away until you get home and, and get those clothes off. So uh, this week we have on Lauren Plunkett. Lauren is the Hunt Fish uh, Community Manager for Soyo Products. We dive into what makes uh, their permethrin products so effective and how to apply it. Also how to pair it with their Picaridin product to give you the, uh, the total protection. So with that being said, we're going to uh, let uh, Lauren go ahead and take it away. Yeah, I'm Lauren Pluckett. I'm the Hunt Fish Community Manager at Sawyer Products. So um, do a lot of community outreach, um, working with the hunting and fishing community and just trying to get the word out about all of our outdoor protection gear. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Uh, how long have you been with Sawyer's? I've been with Sawyer for about six months now, since October of last year. So I'm um, just kind of getting my feet wet. We're getting into our busy season now and gearing up and getting ready to go. Yeah. And where... Where exactly is Sawyer located? Like, where's the home base? Because I know, for what I know them for, is the permethrin. And most people probably do know them for that. So where are they located anywhere that that's, a, you know, a big thing? Or are they somewhere, somewhere completely out of a... Yeah, home base is in Safety Harbor, Florida. So right in the Tampa Bay area. Um, but our team is kind of spread out all over the country. We're all remote. So I'm in Missouri. Um, but yeah, we're all over the place. We're all using products in different situations. So we got the Southeast, I'm here in central. We got people out West and, um, Oregon, Washington, stuff like that. We're all over the place. Yeah. So how long have they been in, have you guys been in business? Sawyer started in 1984. Um, so we've been in business for quite a while now. Mm -hmm. We started with the extractor pump. So extracting snake bites, bee stings, all that kind of stuff. Um, that was our main product for a long time. Moved into first aid, sunscreen, um, just kind of kept building on the outdoor protection sort of product line. Uh, moved into insect repellents and then added water filtration in the early 2000s. Okay. Has it always been in Florida? Has that always been the home base? Yes. Or? Okay. Yeah, we've always is that, been so is that where the kind of the water filtration, I would say, maybe started down there? I, yeah, I believe so. That's um, Yeah, that's just kind of where it's all. Every, all, right, everything, <laughs> yeah, yeah. everything's coming from all brain power. Yeah. Right. Now, what would you say would be like the number one seller for you guys? Probably our water filters or our permethrin. It's kind of okay. a toss. Yeah. I, I think it'd probably be seasonal, but I think the water filtration would probably be probably all year round. You could, you right. know, or just keep on hand for, for an emergency it would even be, mm -hmm. it seems like the, the permethrin is this time of year. It just, yes. I know I, I, we talked before we were recording, I, I, I ran out from last year and 
I made the mistake of going into a clear cut and I picked about 20 ticks off me before I, I, I bailed. And before I left, my wife already had some ordered and I went out last week after spray down. I didn't find one on me. And I think I've been using it for, I would say religiously six to seven years and nice. probably a little bit longer than that, just here and there. But yeah, I don't know. Ticks just give me the heebie-jeebies. I think they give everybody the, the heebie-jeebies. <laughs> yeah, Lyme disease, alpha-gal syndrome, that's all stuff you don't want to mess around with. So is uh, so is there any kind of, because I have a, a, a two-year-old, is, is, that, is it safe for children? Um, I'm not sure on the bottom age limit for children. Um, we do recommend for children six months and up that you use our Picaridin formula. Um, okay. So that's a lotion or a spray that can be applied to the skin. I know that one's for sure safe for children six months and up. Um, I would say once your children get a little bit older, it's 100% safe to use on their clothes. Um, I'm not okay. sure what the bottom age is, but I can get back to you on that. Awesome. Yeah. And also, like, I know I've I've used it on my dog. I think it says on the bottle, you can use like a light dusting. Is that, is how safe yeah. is that? Yeah, we actually sell permethrin specifically for dogs. It's the same okay. formula. It's just kind of marketed a little bit differently. Um, but yeah, so you saturate them, it um, bonds to their hair. So the way permethrin works is it bonds to fibers, um, bonds to your clothes, tents, backpacks, uh, truck seats, anything like that, and also dog hair. Um, so you just kind of want to get them wet, like saturate them. You don't want them to be soaking wet, but kind of fluff up the hair and spray in a back and forth motion. Um, we do recommend that you keep your dog busy after you spray them down, play fetch, take them on a walk, something like that. Just kind of discourage licking. But yeah, it's absolutely safe to use on dogs. Um, it works against fleas and um, fleas and lice for like 35 days. And then it works against ticks for six weeks. Okay. Is that, I think that, that's the same for, for like the clothing, isn't it? Six weeks or yes. six, is it six washes or six weeks? I think it is. Right. So once it bonds to your uh, clothes, it's, it's there. Um, the only thing that breaks it down is UV exposure or the agitation in a washing machine. Um, so that's why after the six weeks or six washings, we recommend that you retreat your clothing. That was the other thing I was going to mention or ask too, was be like your tent. You said you could spray on tents. Cause I have, I didn't know if I could. I mean, right. Like I said, they give me the heebie-jeebies just especially like if you find one and, mm -hmm. you know, taking my wife camping, we went a lot when she was pregnant and I wanted to make her as comfortable and as happy as possible. So I was like spraying the ground, the chairs, everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And, I mean, I, uh, so I would imagine it would work, but how long you said UV rays breaks it down some, right? How long would it last on like a tent or say like a, like a camping chair? The same six weeks. Six well. weeks. Yeah. Okay. It's just, like I said, UV exposure over time that would break that down. Okay. Um, but yeah, you can use it on your sleeping bag. You can use it on your bed sheets if you're out camping and thinking you're going to be in that all the time. Um, a fun one that I like to mention is truck seats. So like you're out in the woods, you got them on your yep. clothes. You want to make sure that they die before you get them home. You can spray them on your dog bed, inside your dog kennel, anything that has a fabric, you can spray it on. Um, I would recommend you test it on a small corner of the fabric, like your truck seats, if you want to do it mm -hmm. in a spot that would hide away. It's not supposed to stay in clothes, but, you know, you always run into the possibility. So it's good to test it first. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm glad you're saying saying all these things are okay, because I've done all these things without <laughs> without knowing. I mean, I've I literally saturate the entire inside of my, my Jeep and just mm -hmm. like 
it just sometimes you know i air it out a little bit you know but i right really, you don't want to take them home with you i don't want to take them especially with my little one i don't i don't want i took him in the woods for the first time really exploring uh, mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago and i brought put him in bright colors and just just so i didn't happen to take <laughs> one home with me and and mom not be too happy and, and not right. want, want him out in the woods for a little bit because i mean it is scary getting getting them on you and not knowing uh, are you mm-hmm. familiar with any of the diseases that the ticks carry besides Lyme yeah. disease? Lyme disease is obviously a nasty mm-hmm. one. Um, there's a lot of long-term effects with that one that you don't want to get. Um, alpha-gal syndrome is probably the worst, one of the worst curses that you could give a hunter is to tell them that they can't eat red meat anymore. You can't have anything. I've heard it said like anything associated with a mammal. So okay. you can't have milk products, um, gelatin, anything like that. If it's derived wow. from a mammal, you're going to have an allergic reaction to it. So that's... Now, what do you know what kind of tick that comes that. from? Is that like I'm a... Sorry? What kind of tick does that come from? Do you know? Um, I think right now they have that pinpointed on the Lone Star tick is okay. where they're saying that that is the most associated one, but they're not ruling out other species of ticks i've only heard i can't remember who it was i've heard of someone that had that disease and it was someone in the hunting community it was i'm never gonna remember it now that i need to but yeah <laughs> I, I never knew what what the actual disease was called because er, obviously everybody hears about lyme disease and it's like the the curse like everybody like you hear that right. and you just want to run and because mm-hmm. i mean even if you do get it, the the antibiotics kick your butt I mean, I know yes. people that have, that have had to take it. I mean, I've seen dogs that have been put on them that just, it just drains them. But I mean, it's just one of those things. I don't think it, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think it ever goes away either. I, yeah, I believe that's right. I think it's just kind of a treatment from then I, on. I think they can control it to, like you said, the, as a treatment, but I don't think that it, it stays like dormant. But, but right. I've heard you can get Lyme disease on top of Lyme disease. Really? That's, I'm I've not heard sure that. About, yeah. yeah, I'm not sure. Like if, say, you get it and you, you're getting it treated and managed. If you don't do anything further, I, from what I've heard, is it you can get it again, and then you have to go through the whole cycle again. Yikes! So I'm not <laughs> sure how much truth to that, but yeah, I don't. I don't want to be the one to find out. No, me neither. So you said the water filtration is a big one for you guys. Uh, where I'm at currently, there's a there's a big water situation. I'm sure anybody that's been on the news. Uh, I'm in Western Pennsylvania, so you guys can all do the math of what I'm talking about. The uh, water, I'm on the bubble for the water table of, of, I guess, some will say dangerous, some will say it's not, but to take precautions, you know, I always have filtered what my, my water, my drinking water myself, or drink bottled water. I mean, we had well water growing up, but that was just because where I lived, it was in the middle of nowhere pretty much at Amish neighbors. So we all had to drink the well water. Yeah. Uh, what are you guys, we talked before, uh, you said about disaster relief. Is there anything that you guys do in the United States for disaster relief or are you guys doing right. stuff like international? So we do both, um, just kind of wherever the need is. Uh, we're really blessed in the United States to have, for the most part, very clean drinking water. Um, very fortunate that here in the U.S., we go to the bathroom and water that we could drink and other countries are drinking water that they've gone to the bathroom in. Um, so the need doesn't arise as much, but um, if there's a natural disaster, tornado, hurricane, anything like that, where fresh drinking water is needed, um, we try to jump on those situations as quickly as possible. We work with a lot of different 
organizations and associations um, to help get our filters where they're needed. Um, but it, it's it's just a lot more efficient. Um, you can ship somebody a pallet of water. It's super heavy, super expensive, and you're giving them one bottle of water right. versus if you ship a filter, it's a lot lighter. Um, they can use that over and over and over again if they're properly back, back flushing it. Um, it'll provide hundreds of thousands of gallons of water. Um, so it's just a lot more um, productive. And uh, with our international missions, um, we're going to places like um, Kenya, uh, the Marshall Islands, just kind of all over the world. Um, it's amazing uh, the work that our partners are helping us do. Um, it's it's very, very heartwarming to see. Um, but every purchase from Sawyer, whether you're buying permethrin to go turkey hunting, uh, sunscreen to go fishing, whatever you're doing, water filters for backcountry hunting, you're aiding in that in that effort to provide clean drinking water around the world. So we've impacted over a million lives um, with clean drinking water. It's it's used as a tool. Um, it's We have the technology to help people and we actually give away about 90% of our profits to do so. That's awesome. That, that is something I had no idea until until talking to you. I mean, I, I honestly didn't know much about Sawyer's besides the permethrin and, you know, a little bit about the water filtration. And right. It is like you said, it's heartwarming. It's it's I can only imagine how you feel being a part of a team that is is like you said, we're we're lucky and blessed enough to to be able to go to the restroom in water that we could drink and right. and a lot of people aren't like in you know aren't in our situation. And it's right. That's that's one it, of the leading causes of death for children in other countries is um diseases that come from drinking unclean water so if that's something that we can solve then by all means we're we're very happy to do so yeah because by i mean you're sending a a filter you know a filter rather than a pallet of water because then you leave them the the problem of then they have to dispose of a pallet of water all the bottles and right. i mean i'm not i don't know i can only imagine how their you know their garbage and their and all that would be if exactly. they, they're probably living in, you know, probably not very sanitary conditions. So mm -hmm. to just hear, I mean, it would be a gift to one aspect, but I mean, unless they were somehow recycling it, which they very well, you know, I'm sure they're very resourceful and, you know, right. in that aspect because you kind of have to be. That's, and a lot of people suggest, oh, go dig a well, go to Africa, dig a well. Um, a lot of those wells break down after about two years um, versus this one little, piece of plastic, we have a bucket system that works. So they can just fill a bucket, keep it in their home. It filters water. Um, if a part goes out, then it's easy to replace. They can go to their neighbor. They can ask for new O-rings or caps or whatever they need. It's just a lot more um, sustainable and easier and honestly cheaper. Yeah, it's, to, it's definitely user-friendly uh, compared exactly, to yeah. a well because you're going to have to have somebody in that area that's specializing in that rather Absolutely. than... And that's somebody um that's kind of the big the big help from our partners is training people how to use them so whenever they go to these countries and stuff like that um it's important to back flush your filter consistently to make sure you're keeping a good flow rate keeping the water clean and all that kind of stuff so the training is a big part of it and that's that's what our um, partners are amazing at helping us with and you i think you mentioned earlier how many cycles would you get out of out of one filter you can get hundreds of thousands of gallons out of a filter. Um, as long as you're cleaning it properly, back flushing it, um, all that kind of stuff. 
it'll last for a very, very long time. Um, we've had filters in use for over 10 years with consistent use. So um, there's different methods that you can use. Um, the dirtier the water, the more quickly you're gonna need to back flush it. Your flow rates will slow down and it's important to get all that sediment and stuff out of there. Um, but like I said, if, as long as you're cleaning it the right way, you'll you'll be able to use it for a very, very long time. And, and the cleaning and the back flushing, what's that? Is that a very, I mean, you said it, it's, that doesn't seem like a very, difficult process is it i mean what what's it's not it complicated it's just important to do it the right way um so we provide a syringe uh, with all of our filters and you can fill the syringe and shoot water backwards through the filter okay. and it'll push all the sediment and stuff that's in the fibers out the other way um you can also use um a bottle like a, a sturdy bottle of water and squeeze it very quickly and it'll back flush that as well so th there's a lot of different methods it's just making sure that it's done correctly and not damaging the filter. You keep you 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 mention fibers quite often. Is the the owner? I mean, creator, start founder of of Sawyer's, Are they? Do they have an engineering background? You know, what is their background? Yeah, so we have um, one engineer who's kind of these are all kind of his brain children, I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a point. I believe it's a point one micron filter. Um, so basically bacteria, protozoa, cysts are not going to flow through that. So it's going to stop all of the nasty stuff like Giardia and stuff like that from flowing through the water. Um, in 99% of situations, that's all you're going to need. Um, we do have a couple higher end filters that'll, um, they kind of improve taste. They'll filter out stuff like heavy metals and things like that. Um, but their life cycle just isn't as long, um, anywhere from I think 400 on the most severe filter because it has a foam and the foam kind of breaks down over time versus the actual right. filter giving out. Um, but yeah, so these, they don't improve taste, but they will make the water safe to drink. Yeah. And I mean, if, does it always have to look clean to be clean? Because like, I, I feel like I've seen people that have quote unquote cleaned water and it didn't look Right. It's amazing clear. how much sediment this will filter out. So you can take a bucket of water and dump a whole cup of mud in it and it'll filter out clean water. So in, in one filter, one, 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 like, yes. yeah, wow. you'll have to backwash it very, very well. <laughs> right. But that's awesome. I'm going to have definitely look into those because I'm getting more and more into exploring, you know, and I always take like a, I mean, I'm sure you've seen my, my, I, I always have water. I can't, I drink right. water constantly. So it's, it's good to have, but I mean, I know early season I've ran into situations where I've cut, not, I didn't have to choose. Like I wasn't in a life or death situation or anything, but right. it would have been nice. Cause I've always hunted Creek bottoms. Mm -hmm. it, it would be nice to have something, you know, to, to just dip my head out and, and, and not have to worry about getting a drink. Cause I've ran out of my camel back in my, in my water bottle by lunchtime. And Absolutely. I don't necessarily want to leave the woods, but I, I have, cause like I said, I drink a lot of water. It's pretty much all I drink. So right. that it's, I mean, what, what does one of those things weigh? I mean, it can't weigh. Um, I think our larger one is maybe four ounces and right. we have yeah. the two ounces. So you're adding nothing to your yeah. pack for yeah. the insurance of having water. If you need it, it's something yeah. handy to throw in your truck and your boat, anything like that. An emergency might arise and it's always good to, have it and not need it than to need it and not have it exactly you said you guys kind of started out we'll go back to the basics the originals like uh the insect repellent would be like a, a, a 
venom sting bite snake bites right are you you guys are still selling those kinds of things are they i'm assuming yes. they're obviously more popular in the florida regions because we don't have i mean i have bees up here obviously but we don't have too many snake bites i guess you get occasional right. rattlesnake but what yeah, are we they still sell those um that's we've kind of we moved more into uh, first aid after that. We kind of backed off that. We still sell a few first aid items. Like a, we have a SAM split. So it's just kind of an emergency split. It works similar to like one of those snap bracelets. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of in the same fashion there. But yeah, insect repellent and water filtration are kind of our two main things now. Um, we do have a really great sunscreen. That's a dermal bond sunscreen. So it actually... Um, instead of forming a film on your skin, like most spray on sunscreens mm-hmm. do, it actually absorbs into your skin and blocks out those rays better. So it lasts a lot longer. Um, if you apply it properly, should really, it kind of, I mean, factors are different on how much you're swimming, whatever. Um, but with typical use, it, it should last you all day with one application. Hmm. Yeah. See, I'm, I never wore sunscreen and I, I, I probably should have. I did long hair right. landscaping for a long time. And when I met my wife, she always said, yeah, I had shoe leather, like my neck. And it was always because of that. I'm, I didn't like right. the, the the slimy, oily foam feel that it, that it left on my skin. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something. Is that, I know my son's getting to the age now. I keep asking about children because I know a lot of people have children and they like to take them in the outdoors. Is that right. something... I don't know what the cutoff age is when you can stop buying children, like children stuff. So, I mean, do you, is there an age limit on that? On the I'm sunscreen? not sure what the bottom age limit is on the sunscreen either. Okay. Just, I know that once he gets to a certain age, you can start giving him adult stuff. Right. And I mean, I just, I know I ask about it all the time because I'm trying to get him involved in the outdoors as, as much as I can. And yeah i know the picard and like i mentioned earlier that one is safe for six months and up so that we kind of the drill us on that one we have the trivia every week and that's that's a frequent question is the safety of the picard so is is there anything uh anything new in the future anything on the horizon that you you can talk about so that's something i actually really appreciate sawyer is it's it's kind of slow moving on the new product horizon but everything we do in my opinion, we do extremely well. So we're not always rushing to have the next greatest, best thing, but what we already have is pretty darn good. So we make solid products. Um, we we do a lot of testing and make sure that we're up to date on those. Um, like every water filter we send out is actually tested three times before it leaves our factory. Okay. Um, yeah, all of our um, Picard and stuff like that, that's all made in-house. It goes through a lot of testing, stuff like that. So um we're very much quality over quantity um but everything everything that i talk about i know for sure that i can back up with a solid product so and i don't i have no no relationship or tie to you guys at all and i would i would argue to <laughs> fight it tooth and nail that that stuff is a lifesaver because i mean it just it gets me it keeps me in the woods and and, and focusing on what i need to focus on I absolutely mean, it keeps, it keeps me outside longer i don't have to worry as much uh, like I said, I've always sprayed the inside of my vehicles down. I didn't know if I was supposed to, but I always have. So, I mean, I <laughs> double whammy it and it, there's nothing wrong with it. I guess now knowing that right. I'm not doing yeah. any any harm, no harm, no foul. Right. Oh, with the, the Picaridin and the Permethrin are really the one-two punch, though, especially for turkey hunting. Because um, you can't put the 
keratin, I'm sorry, you can't put permethrin on your skin. It won't absorb. Mm -hmm. um, like we talked about earlier, it bonds to fibers and it won't bond to your skin. So um, making sure that you're doing the one-two punch with permethrin and precaritin on your skin, um, that's definitely going to keep you safe when you're out there. Awesome. Now we'll change, but uh, I guess turn turn the tides here to finish it up. Who is Lauren? What? What? Who are you outside of Sawyer's? What are you? <laughs> are you a hunter? I see a deer in the background. Are you a hunter, a fisherman, outdoorman? Yeah. So didn't grow up hunting or fishing. Um, from rural Missouri, so it's just kind of part of the culture. Um, my dad took me deer hunting once when I was four. I think he took my brother once when he was eight, and I don't know that he's been any outside of that in 20 years. So uh, my mom's always been interested in the outdoors. She likes to hunt, but just didn't have a lot of knowledge to pass down. She liked to take me, but neither one of us really knew what we were doing out there. Um, took an outdoor education class in high school and just absolutely ate it up. Um, the teacher kind of adopted me and um, started taking me hunting and fishing whenever he could. We started a, or we started a bass fishing team when I was in high school. Um, I actually signed to play golf in a school in Springfield and um, found out they had a bass fishing team. And I'd applied for a, a scholarship with the Missouri Outdoor Communicators and a guy there knew the fishing coach at Drury. Um, so he kind of got me in connection. So I golfed and fished my whole way through college. Uh, wasn't a bass <laughs> Yeah, but it, it was so much fun. Um, quickly kind of realized my, my passion was fishing. Um, golf was paying the bills. So that's what most of my time went into. But if you asked me what I wanted to do, it was hands down fishing. So um, ran around with a great bunch of guys. We went all over the country, Texas, Louisiana, North Carolina, all over the place, just fishing and having a great time. Um, graduated college on a Saturday and started working for a company called American Outdoor Brands on a Monday. So it was a pretty quick turnaround there. Yep. But I was there for a few years, had a few different jobs and uh, this job at Sawyer came open and I just thought it was a perfect fit. Um, getting to talk to people about hunting, fishing and staying safe outside. So. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Like you said, you got to fish and golf through, through college. Now I know, trust me, I know people who did that, but they didn't exactly finish college. <laughs> they, they were doing too much fishing and, and golf. Right. And there's I, definitely I, a balance <laughs> there and it's right. hard to find, but. Yeah. But like, you, like you said, it was paying the bills and. And it, and it it led you to some obviously opportunities. I mean, where right. else are you gonna? I mean, I you could start a podcast. I guess that's that's why I did it so I could talk to people about hunting and fishing. I'm not making any kind of money off of it, but I sure enjoy talking about hunting and fishing and everything outdoors. Right. There's so many cool people in the outdoor yeah. space. Um, it's very. I feel very very fortunate. All the people I get to meet and talk to. Um. It's a community. I mean, it's a great it community. It is. Yes. In general, people are just extremely warm and welcoming and um, happy to teach, happy to learn. Um, like you said, it's, just, it's an awesome community to be a part of. Yep. So going back to, to the fishing, did you, you said you did tournament fishing. Yes. Did, do you still do any kind of tournament fishing? And like, is it still a hobby that you still, you know, are you still yeah, into fishing? Yeah, I still do it occasionally. I fished a few tournaments since I graduated a few years ago. Um, definitely not as frequent as it was in college. We were gone every other week. Um, but here and there, yeah, not as much on the competitive side. It was all bass fishing. I've kind of gotten into some trout fishing here recently. Okay. Um, a little more accessible, you know, have to have a boat and all that stuff. So, um, kind of growing on that. I actually just bought a whole, um, 
airbrushing setup over the weekend so I can start painting my own lures. And there you go. That's, that's been keeping me busy the last few nights, but yeah, I don't know about, see, I'm, I'm familiar with Florida, but I'm, I think Tampa's on the opposite side of Daytona. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. So mm -hmm. I'm, I don't know if the fishing's good on that side or not. Have do you, do you, have you ever talked to anybody that, from down there? Have you ever Our been down engineer there? is actually a pretty big fisherman, so okay. I'm trying to talk him into taking me out on his boat next time I go down there to visit. So yeah, we always so we always took our boat down every every winter for Christmas, mm -hmm. and we went red fishing. And uncle down there, he fishing. he went yeah. he took us. And as I got older, I found out that was how Santa quote unquote traveled <laughs> and that's where why we took the boat because i never could figure out why we're taking a boat the whole way to florida when our my uncle had a boat in florida <laughs> so then i understood that's where the presents really were but yeah yeah i mean it's it's definitely fun i i haven't been red fishing oh my gosh it's probably been 20 years since i've actually been red fishing oh really 15 20 years probably I have been red fishing once in the Daytona area. We were kind of mm -hmm. right off of Cape Canaveral. Mm -hmm. it, it wasn't a great time of year. It was a little rough. Um, we caught a few. Um, did one trip in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, and that we did not catch big fish, but it was every cast for hours. It was the craziest fishing I've ever been a part of. Like that was so much fun. And then did some did some big bull reds down in Louisiana. So. I wait, made up. You did? Her. Yes. You, yeah. Wait, did you say you did bull rides? No, sorry, oh. bull rides. <laughs> oh, I thought you said you did bull rides. I'm like, oh, no, no, okay. No. So you ride bulls? <laughs> okay. I don't think I would get on a bull, but. <laughs> no, not quite that extreme. <laughs> yeah. So when you were when you were in school fishing, were you just bass fishing? Yes. Yeah. It okay. was all largemouth, smallmouth, spotted bass. That's what I thought. See, I never knew. I mean, I'm I'm probably a little bit older, but like if I would have realized that I'm from a very small town, and I guess I just wasn't aware that you could go to college. And I don't know if it was really a thing back when and I graduated in 2007. So I don't know if it was very popular back then or if I just wasn't aware of what was, was going on. Really getting its boom around then, probably. Um, Jordan Lee is kind of the biggest protege to come out of college fishing and i i want to say he graduated around that time so um i started college fishing in 2016 uh, when i started showing up i was really kind of the only girl for the first year or so but by the time i graduated um there were probably 30 to 40 girls showing up to these tournaments of um like 500 people so it was good to see that growth i really hope that kind of continues but yeah, it's crazy like there's a big difference to my school kind of sponsored the sport um so they would give us money um our coach was actually pretty high up at bass pro so he was kind of he was in charge of um all of the professionals would go through him to get their nitro boats to get whatever they needed from bass pro for their sponsorships um so he was a great connection he worked really hard to fundraise for us um he made sure that all of our hotels our gas our food anything like that when we traveled was paid for um but Missouri State, right across the street from us, um, they were a club sport. So those guys had to pay for everything. And that's expensive. It's mm -hmm. like thousands of dollars for every tournament you go to. So we were very fortunate um, to have Rick make sure that we were taken care of the whole way through. But 
um, that's that's a lot of money for a college kid, especially. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. So I, a kid that I graduated with, I had him on a few episodes ago. Uh, he is, I think he's he's he has to requalify for the elite series. Okay. He was he was on the elite series, I believe, for two years, and I don't know what, how it works, but he has to requalify now. Mm-hmm. And I think he may have t- taken a little time off, and he lived in eerie when when he went to college but i don't he didn't i never asked him about a a team i know he fished a lot but he didn't there was no team fishing and i mean like i said he was my age so i would have thought he would have jumped on a team if they had one he he was telling us on the podcast when i had him he's like he's like yeah he's like i didn't have money as a college kid for a boat he's like i was catching smallmouth waiting off lake erie at certain times of the year you can really i guess really catch them off mm-hmm. the shore and he's like i was waiting up there in the in the spring this time of year there's snow flying because i didn't have any money see i was a college kid he's like but i had to do what i had to do and exactly. like you said it's it is not cheap and now, there's we were, no way i could have done it if it wasn't for all the work that rick put in for us so yeah and he was he was talking like off air about his sponsors and he was uh he was just you know telling us about his uh his fish finder and he was like, you wouldn't believe what some of these guys have into the fish find. He's like, it costs more than the vehicles that are sitting in our driveways. Yes. He's like, the it brand is. Brand new boats are going for over a hundred thousand dollars now. Yeah. So it's... He's, like, he's like, some of the, some of the, like the sonar. He's like, they can tell you, like, pretty, like what kind of cell phone's sitting at the bottom of the uh, of the lake. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so, anything else? Anything about you know permethrin or? talking turkey talk it's coming up do you turkey hunt at all i do yeah i'm not great at it but i go every year and i love it um i can throw you a couple quick fun facts with permethrin though um ticks actually only breathe about once every 15 minutes okay so if you treat your clothes with permethrin Mm -hmm. um, once they crawl over about one square inch of treated permethrin they will die so that's kind of um one of the interesting things about permethrin is it repels and kills so a lot of insect repellents only repel insects. Um, so you can see them crawling up your leg. It may take them a little bit, like I said, with the once every 15 minutes thing. But eventually they will. You kind of watch them pop off and yeah, die. Yeah, they get like lethargic and then they just like they're drunk. They right. Just... Um, if you treat your socks and your shoes alone, you're 73.6 times less likely to be bitten by a tick. Not percent but times less likely. So it's really important that you kind of get that base where they're starting to crawl up your pant leg and stuff like that. Um, they can be on higher hanging pieces of grass or whatever else. So you want to make sure you treat your sleeves and stuff like that. But most of them are going to come to you from grass level. So it's really important to get your socks, your shoes, um, the base of your pants, the cuff of your shirt and stuff like that. But a couple fun facts. Cool. Um, what would, do you, what's the, uh, so if they only breathe one, every would you say 15 seconds 15 minutes 15 minutes so when they're in you is it true that you can put like a i've heard the dawn dish soap or a vaseline that suffocates them is any is there any truth to that do you know yeah i actually when i was a kid i had a tick lodged in my back um and we were kind of we lived out in the middle of nowhere um the nurse called my babysitter to bring a bottle of turpentine my babysitter was an older lady she kind of liked all of the natural stuff she brought a bottle of turpentine and covered the tick in it and it couldn't breathe so it backs out um so yeah stuff like that works but 
it's always better to get them before they get to that stage. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't have the patience. If, if I see them, I've, I know mm -hmm. I've probably pulled them out too fast before. Right. And you want to try to make sure you apply pressure so that they release and you're not pulling the head off of them or leaving, you know, their teeth or whatever inside of you. Now, you said that they're usually like grass level, which I, I, I've, I've definitely seen that. I had that day that I was out, though, I had them a lot on my like on my arms. Do they mm -hmm. jump or they? I'm not sure about jumping, but I mean, like I said, if there's taller grass, um, they can easily, yeah, right. they can get on your arms, on your shoulders, all that kind of stuff. Because I've always thought, oh, I used to think that they were like these little slow, creepy crawling little things. But for how fast you get covered on them, I'm like, there's yes. no way that they're not jumping to some extent. You know, I mean, they can't just, I can't be that unlucky <laughs> to brush against <laughs> every piece of right. grass out here that has a, has a tick on them. How soon can Lyme disease be, I guess, prevented? How is there a cutoff? Like if you get, if you do get bit, find a bullseye. Do you know if there's like a cutoff before it's almost not too late, but kind of too late? Definitely the sooner you can get in and see somebody, the earlier you can detect it, the better. Um, I believe there is kind of a line. I thought I had a note uh, on that somewhere. I thought it, I knew it was like X amount of hours, like yeah, 38, 36 or 48. That if you got bit and you got the tick out, it could you wouldn't contract it. Yeah, there is like an early stage and a later stage, so right. yeah, it's definitely the sooner you can catch it, the better. Um, anytime you do get a tick bite, it's always best to save that tick. Um, put it in a plastic bag, stick it in your freezer. Um, if you do start to notice symptoms, anything like that, you can take the tick in and get it tested and they can they can ID that a lot faster. Now, what would some, if say, say I got a tick bite next week, I started, what would I start feeling? And like, what would be a, a, a red flag for me to go to the, besides a bullseye, I guess? Yeah, um, I'm not sure on all of the symptoms. I think um, a lot of times there's a rash associated. Um, yeah, I think you kind of get flu-like symptoms. There's some fever, chills. Yeah, I've heard the fever. That associated. Yeah, um, when it gets really bad, I mean, obviously, hopefully you're already treated and seen at this point, but you can develop like Bell's palsy. Um, you can get different forms of, like localized arthritis and stuff like that. So Lyme disease is just really, really nasty. That happened to a guy I work with. He... <laughs> He's only two years older than me and he's heavier. <laughs> and he, he told me, he's like, man, I thought I was just getting old and fat. He's like, my knees were hurting every day. My back hurt every day. And his wife's an RN mm -hmm. and she makes him go and get his blood work. Excellent. Everyone, whenever he's supposed to. And he went and he was getting his checkup and he's, he came to work. I have Lyme disease. I'm wow. Like, really? He's like, yeah. He's like, that explains why I felt like crap the past, you know, 10 months. Right. I'm like, well, when did you get bit? Very differently. And he he's had he's like, I've had ticks on me my entire like all my life. I grew up in mm -hmm. the woods. It's just hard to tell. And like I've I've heard it can stay dormant, you know, in you and right. then just kind of show up. Cause my dog got bit a few years back and I she's my little baby. So I worried I worried about it. And we took her to the vet and they 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 monitored it and, and it came back okay. But they still want test her every so often because mm -hmm. because of that. And that's just one of those things that heebie jeebies again. I just right. don't like don't even like thinking about it. So if I could and if it would stick to me, I probably would spray it. But what was the the double the double whammy you were saying? You 
permethrin and picaridin. So picaridin mm -hmm. is like this, it's okay. blue. We have it in I've a spray. We have it in lotion. It lasts anywhere from 12 to 14 hours. You can use it on your face, anywhere that's not covered by clothing. Um, it's, it's a good idea to go ahead and cover up with that. Yeah. Cause I remember I, I, I got that issued. Actually, I got the permethrin issued to me from a job I worked in the gas and oil field like 15 years ago and mm -hmm. people weren't even i to my knowledge weren't even using it to hunt with at the time and some of the guys there were like dude put this on your hunting clothes and uh, you'll watch the ticks fall off you then but don't put it on your skin so for the longest time i was like afraid of it almost i'm like well wh what happens if i get it on my skin they're like you don't want it on your skin so i mean is there is it going irri to just irritate your skin if you do get it I on? I mean, there's or? safety precautions with it. Um, we recommend that you use gloves. You spray it outside. Do it in a well-ventilated area. Um, kind of going back to the dog thing, you want to make sure if you have cats in your house that you make sure the dogs are dry before they get back around your cats. Um, it can affect a cat's central nervous system, um, so we don't recommend you use it on them or near them. Um, but so the U.S. military tested permethrin. And there's a lot of like extra warning labels and stuff like that that comes with being tested with the military. So um, if you get it on your skin, we just recommend that you wash it off. Um, you shouldn't see any severe effects. Um, there's always a possibility one of your handling chemicals like that, but there shouldn't be anything severe. Just mild soap and water, keep an eye on it. Um, but you don't need to rush to the hospital immediately. Or I was like going to say, because I've definitely got it on. Yeah. On, and the the worst thing I've noticed is it's just sticky. Like it just yeah. seemed like unless you really wash it, it doesn't, it does not want to come off, but right. It, it yeah. shouldn't be a major skin irritant or anything like that. Um, and you, 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 best practices. Uh, I'm pretty sure it says right on, but not to spray it while you're wearing your clothes. You're supposed we to spray it. Let it dry. Yeah. That, that way you can just kind of get a full on you can get better coverage. You can let it dry, all that kind of stuff. Once it's bonded to the fabric, it's it's safe for anything. Um, you can be around your cats with permethrin treated fabric as long as it's dry. Um, if I'm not mistaken, cats don't get they can't get Lyme disease. I don't I don't no. think they I don't think that they can get Lyme disease. Lucky if them. I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so it's 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 weird because the permethrin permethrin affects them, but ticks mm -hmm. don't. But it's the opposite for dogs. Right. Just, yeah, I don't know. That would be interesting. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, it's also super effective against chiggers, mosquitoes, stuff like that. So everything that bothers you whenever yeah. you're sitting at the bottom of a tree for turkey season, it's going to help you with that. Um, it's also odorless. So it's good for deer season. It has a chemical smell when you spray it. Mm -hmm. um, you can definitely smell it. Uh, but once it's dry, it's odorless. So it's good to go in the deer woods, stuff like that. That's something I used to struggle with was trying to figure out early season what to spray because I didn't want ticks, anything like that while walking to my stand. Um, but this is a great solution for that as well. I don't know if you have ever seen uh, the hunting public. Or yeah, hunting. yeah, we're actually partnered with him. I, I, I thought you guys were, but I wasn't 100% because I knew that they do a lot with you guys. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know because I know that they just – do whatever they want you know a lot of times that they're never right. <laughs> they don't really push brands a lot unless they're really behind it so that's why i kind of figured they they had something to do with you guys but i don't did you ever see when they did that like the painter suit uh i don't think test? so it was a few years back they wore what like an all-white painter suit mm -hmm. and they sprayed half with with permethrin and the other half didn't and aaron just went set like in missouri somewhere in this 
pick infested area and it was that the side on it he was just real slow and they slowly lethargic and now that i got my my springtime stock up i'm thinking about running to the hardware store and going back to that clear cut doing doing my own yeah doing my own (laughs) testing and then just burning just burn the suit where it's at after after yeah do some field testing that's um i actually sent some stuff to a school here recently that was doing a similar thing um they were doing some tick studies and had all white suits. They were going out and taking sheets and just dragging sheets across leaves and then collecting what was a, whatever was on them, whatever was on the sheet. And they were doing Lyme disease studies, um, all the different tick diseases and stuff like that. So uh, I think they noticed a pretty d- big difference on what was treated and what wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. That's one thing like some, or my son goes to daycares right next to our park. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing because he, they take him to the park. Like, any day it's nice they get to go walk and that's why i keep asking i'm like i'm just gonna tell the teachers hey just spray every kid down because i don't want them to bring <laughs> this back and try to get them to get on board with it yeah they need some picaridin yeah they need so let's let the kids rub it in my kid my son will not let you put it on him i know that you're gonna have to get something to spray he does not does not like anything that you would think that you would like you take him to the beach he wants to be in the pool Oh, it's just one of, the, one of those toddler things, I think. Right. All righty, Lauren. Well, if if anybody's looking, to, if, if I don't, most people know where Sawyer's is found. But if they're looking to buy Sawyer's or uh, follow along on on any social media platforms, where can they do that at? Yeah. So any information about our products can be found at Sawyer.com. Um. We actually don't have an online retail presence on our website, so um, you can plug in your location on our website, and we'll tell you where the nearest place to go buy our stuff is. But we're at Bass Pro Academy, Cabela's, Walmart, all that kind of stuff, Amazon. Um, so we're pretty easy to find. Um, like I said, if you have any questions, just go to our website, Sawyer.com. Um, follow along if you're interested in the hunting and fishing stuff at Sawyer underscore Sportsman on Instagram. Um, you can follow our main account, which is mostly hiking and camping type stuff. Um, that's all your products on Instagram. Um, yeah, come check us out, try the stuff out, stay safe when you're outside. Um, we'll keep you taken care of. Awesome. Well, Lauren, I appreciate you coming on and, and spreading the good word of, of Sawyer's and everything that goes along with it. And I hope everybody can stay safe this spring and in this fall and in the woods and enjoy themselves a little bit more by using, by using the product. And I know it definitely pays, pays a little takes a little uh, peace to my mind having it on in the woods so i just want to thank everybody and lauren for you know joining us for another episode of origins of the hunt podcast and remember never stop learning